to read a passage of Scripture for you, the book of Genesis 29. And they're going to take a long time. They're going to take a long time because I feel like we need to strike while the iron is hot in our hearts and our lives. The book of Genesis, the 29th chapter. We read for you verses 20 through 25. Jacob served seven years for Rachel. They seemed to him but a few days for the love he had for her. Jacob said unto Laban, Give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled, that I may go in unto her. Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. It come to pass in the evening that he took Leah, his daughter, and brought her to him, and he went in unto her. Laman gave his daughter Leah, Zilpha, his maid, for an handmaid. It come to pass that in the morning, behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laman, What is this thou hast done? Unto me, did I not serve thee for Rachel? Wherefore hast thou beguiled me? For a few moments, let me speak into your heart this thought. In the morning, it was Leah. Everyone say that with me. In the morning, it was Leah. Let's lift our hands and love him tonight for his great word. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what we feel in our hearts, dear God, and in our spirits tonight, Lord. Hallelujah. Anoint your word, dear God. Let it complement this service. Let me not distract, dear God. But Hallelujah. Let you do your work in my heart and the lives of people, dear God. Our hearts are receptive and ready, dear God, to receive the word of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You may be seated. I do not have a problem with creation. I believe in the book of Genesis that God created everything with his word and framed the world by his word. I don't have a problem with the Red Sea being blown back by an east wind that blew all night. And I really do believe that he did get water out of a rock. I believe in the burning bush, that it was burned and not consumed. I even have bought the story about Jonah and the whale. I don't see how it could possibly be, but if God prepared a fish, I suspect he could make one that could sustain a man's life. And so I wasn't there, so if Jonah says that, that's how it was. And I, I tend to believe Jonah because it's in the Word of God. Jericho walls coming down, marching around them. I, I wasn't there, so... I'm guessing that's how it happened since that's the way Joshua said it came, all came down. Uh, I, I believe the, the part about the brass serpent up on a pole and everybody that looked at it was healed from their snake bites. But I want to tell you, I wasn't there, so I'm, guess, I'm, I'm just believing that that's what happened because it's there in the book like that. But this deal about, about uh, Jacob working uh, seven years for a woman and 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 on his wedding night, uh, when the morning light came, he looked at the woman laying beside him, and it was Leah, and he had married the wrong woman. Now, I've been there, and uh, not married the wrong woman, but I have had a wedding night. Uh, I have had a wedding night, and I don't see how this could happen. This is harder for me to believe than the whale story. This is more difficult than the walls of Jericho that a man could actually work seven years for a woman with a picture of her burned into his mind. And then somehow 
I don't know. I can't even begin to explain it. I can't even begin to find some way for it to have actually happened that you could honestly, after seven years of working for her, wake up on your wedding night. You would think you would have taken a peek somewhere along the process to have been sure, you know, that it was actually her, that you would not spend a whole night with a woman only to find out in the morning light that you had the wrong woman. I, I, I've had a wedding night, and I just don't think that could have ever happened to me. And I didn't even work seven years for mine. Now, the question to me that begs an answer is how in the world could this ever happen? And I'm not here to explain it to you because I still don't know. I can explain the whale story. God made the whale, you know, on the walls of Jericho. God said that's how to do it. But God never said for it to be like this, and I just can't understand how it could have happened. And the Bible said whatsoever things are written aforetime are written for our learning, and I'm still trying to figure out what am I supposed to learn from this? You know, what's the lesson here? What is being taught through this experience? I can't imagine, you know, counseling people on their wedding night or a man. You better come to my office. I got something I want to warn you about. You know, you better take a long, hard look. You know, that's why they lift the veil to begin with because they want to be sure this is the one you, right one you got. And during the evening hours, you need to take a peek now and then to be sure there hadn't been some kind of switcheroo done on you and you got the, I don't know. I can't imagine having to warn a man about that. Um, check your bride out very closely because I know a man that's a bad fool one time. <laughs> the fact is, it had never happened before, and I'm going to doubt if it ever happens again. I mean, what are the chances of this? Do you think you'd have to, after in your marriage seminars, you're going to give your married couple, the, you got to warn them about stuff like this, you know? I don't think so. Uh, I, I, it never happened before. And I, I'm, as I said, I'm guessing it never happened again. Uh, maybe what I am to learn from Jacob's mistaken identity, maybe it's a little more subtle. Maybe the Old Testament was filled with types and shadows, and perhaps the working for Rachel and waking up with Leah is a concept that can speak to us living in the 21st century. Maybe it represents something much more common than you and I actually believe. Maybe it's an experience that all of us may encounter along life's way. I want you to look at the whole story and see if there's a lesson or an experience that we can relate to. And I'm just going to make whistle stops. Jacob had tricked his brother Esau of his birthright. His mother sent him, Jacob in her, to, to her brother Laban's house in Haran until Esau cooled off and he had sought to kill Jacob. She said to her son, son, just be gone a few days until your brother calms down a little. And uh, when Jacob packed his bags and went off, you know, he had that vision slip on a rock and saw a ladder and, and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, Jacob finally got to the land of, uh, of Haran, and, and Jacob uh, saw some shepherds there. And he said, my brethren, whence be ye? And they said, we're of Haran. And, and they said, know ye Laban, the son of Nahor? They said, we know him. And he said to them, is he well? They said, oh, he's doing great. Well, don't say that. But he, said, he said, yeah, he's well. And behold, Rachel's daughter cometh with a sheep. And while he yet spake to them, Rachel came to the father's sheep. She kept them and come to pass. And Jacob saw Rachel, Laban, his mother's brother, sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, that Jacob went near, rolled the stone in the well's mouth, watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. And Jacob kissed Rachel and lifted up his voice and wept. It's a big cry, baby. He finally found a girl that would show him a little attention. And the Bible said he kissed her 
on the first time he met her. And I'm not an advocate of that, girls. I don't advocate that. I think you should, you know, go a little. There was no dating. There's no romance. There's no flowers, no courtship, no engagement. It was love at first sight. Swept off his feet. Cupid's arrow pierced his heart. You know, he swallowed hook, line, and sinker. She's everything he ever dreamed of. He did no comparison shopping. Didn't know dating. Didn't know looking around. Didn't know testing the water. She was it. No question about it. Mama said, just be gone a few days. He said, I'll work seven years. I don't care what Mama said. Of course, nobody listens to Mama anyway. You know that. He worked seven years for her. Laman had two daughters. Here's where the rub comes in. The name of the elder was Leah. The name of the younger was Rachel. Now, the Bible said Leah was tender-eyed. That's King James Version for ugly. And uh, Rachel was beautiful and she was well favored. Her name, Rachel, you know, Leah's the girl that when you try to find out on the blind date what she looks like, says she's got a great personality. Great personality. Got a great personality. She's ugly as homemade soap, but she's got a great personality. Great personality. Rachel, her name means you. She was, uh, she's the female. She's the predominant element of the flock. I mean, Rachel is the predominant one, you know. She, she, the Bible said she's beautiful and she's well favored. Now, you boys know what I'm talking about. You know, when I don't have to go any further, she was, she was a knockout. Rachel is a looker. She's beautiful. She's well favored in everything that that goes to describe. She is blessed physically. She's well proportioned, a very good figure. Now, I can do this without getting carnal. She's, she's easy on the eyes. She's got a very lovely face. She's majestic. She's perfect in her outward assets. The Bible says she is the predominant one. She is the ewe lamb of the flock. She is it. Her elder sister is Leah. Her name means to tire out or to make weary or to faint or to loathe. Or to be disgusted. And uh, she was tender-eyed. She had no physical attributes to catch your eye. Just kind of frumpy. Kind of frumpy, you know. She answered the door. Had a John Deere ball cap pulled down overhead. Got a t-shirt on, says eat more possum. Got an old jean skirt on. Got enough fabric in it to make a parachute out of it, you know, and She's drugged the ground till she's drugged the hem out of it. She's got a pair of FUBU tennis shoes on, tangerine and chartreuse, about size 13s. Face looks like 30 miles of rough road. So she's not desirable in anybody's book, you know. Uh, she's clingy. You know, you, I don't like clingy people. You can't get away from them, you know, and that's the way she was. She was clingy. And she nags a lot. She just, and she whines. I don't like whiny people. Talk up, say something. She's like, no, no, no. She's just a whiner, you know. And a, she's clingy, and, and, and she wears you out. If you're around over, you never had anybody wear you out. You've been around people, they wear you out. You know, they just wear you out. And they make you weary, you know. And, and you get disgusted with them because they just nag and clingy. And, and you look at them, and they're offensive and and it causes you to lose interest in her. You know, it's hard to, lose, hard to keep your interest in somebody 
who dresses like her and acts like her. And so Leah was no competition for her younger sister, Rachel. The Bible said, and Jacob loved Rachel. Well, I can see that. I, I understand that. And he said, I will serve these seven years for Rachel, thy younger daughter. And I guess Rachel represents everything beautiful that we work and we strive for. Everything we dream of ever having and, and accomplishing. And Rachel is just a dream come true. She represents beauty that's beyond our expectations. And when we meet her, our, our heart leaps for joy. And life is good and fair and just. And, 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 and everything is going to work out fine. And we'll, all of our, our efforts are well rewarded. And our plans all work out just like we expected. And Rachel, our life is on track and tomorrow's full of hope and our beautiful dreams all come true. Time flies because our well-favored future is bright and attractive and we reach all of our goals without strife and struggle and Rachel's just easy to love. And I suspect that Leah represents all the disappointments and hurt and pain and she represents the broken dreams and broken hearts and wasted times of our life and all the frustrations and depressions and shattered expectations and Every time we've had to cancel our plans and people make promises and then break them and give us false hope, trickery and deception and lies and a beguiling spirit all rests with Leah. She's the thing that tires us out, wears us down, makes us faint and disgusted. And how often has it been in mine and your life that we thought we had Rachel, the love of our life, that when the morning light came, there was Leah. And every dream and every plan and every promise is shipwrecked on a sea of lies and deception. You worked so hard for Rachel, and then there was Leah. Remember, Leah, like so many of life's problems and disappointments, has never been an invited guest, but always an intruder. And she's never welcome in anyone's life. She represents the situations and circumstances that simply turn your world upside down. The Bible said that Jacob hated Leah. He hated her. She was disgusting and she wore him out. Like some sort of addiction to drugs or alcohol, like divorce, abusive relationships, bad choices and poor decisions. You know, you never start out to marry them. You just wake up one morning there it is. It attaches itself to you, and though you despise it, it lingers there in the shadows of your life. It becomes an inseparable part of who you are, and you literally hate what has happened. How could this possibly have happened to me? I'll tell you, it was a setup. It was a trick of old Satan himself. It was a bait and switch move that is old as time itself. And it come to pass, the Bible said in the evening, that Laman took Leah, his daughter, and brought her to him. It always happens in evening time. Sun's gone down. There's not much light. More conducive to Laman's plan. There is no doubt, as the custom of the East was, that the bride was veiled, concealed behind this covering, camouflaged, if you please, and disguised. And this is always the devil's tactics all the way. Veil reality promise you one thing, and then give you another. No one ever intentionally marries Leah. No one ever walks down the aisle and makes a vow to Leah. 
No one ever says to her, until death do we part. No one ever kisses Leah on the first date. No one ever falls head over heels, hook, line, and sinker for Leah. It has to be trickery to get her into your bed. It has to be trickery to bring her into your life. You get intoxicated with the promise of something beautiful. Now you think life is going to be, and then in the morning, there is the Leah of heartache, shattered dreams, and a broken heart. In love with the beauty, but finding yourself in the morning, it was Leah. How and what can I do? You know, there are times when our church starts out being Rachel, a beautiful thing that we have all the vision and we work so hard for it and we labor and we toil so unselfishly for it. We pour ourselves into it and one morning we wake up and it's not Rachel at all. It's the very thing we hate has happened. We find that the thing that was beautiful that we laid our lives down for has become the very thing that we have hated all of our lives. There are times when our families and our our children, our offspring that are so beautiful and Rachel that we love so very much, in 24 hours you can wake up with something disgusting laying there in your life that you would have never dreamed would have been a part of your comings and goings. What can I do? Can I rewrite history? How can I undo what is done? The answer to that question is you can't. Here is your hope. The reality is that truth being told, Leah produced more children for Jacob than Rachel ever did. Let me say it again. Here is your hope in heartache and heartbreak and disgust and the things that you hate above all other things on earth. Sometimes it's the things that you hate bear more children in your life than the things that you love. There are sometimes the things that are so disgusting are the things that bring you closer to God than you ever dreamed you could ever be. It's the things that are disgusting in your life that nag at your night and keep you awake at night. Those are the things that drive you to your knees and make you pray and get in touch with God. There are times that Leah, truth being told, is better for you than Rachel could have ever been. Looking back over my own life, I must confess that all of my Leah's, my disappointments, my hurt and pain, all of my broken dreams and broken hearts and wasted time, of all of my frustrations and depressions and shattered expectations, all of my canceled plans and empty promises and false hopes, all the trickery and deception and lies and beguiling spirits, all of the tiresome, wearisome, fainting and disgusting times, I have found after 36 years of pastoring, all this has brought me closer to the Lord and made me pray and seek God. It showed me how fickle and deceiving life can really be and how much I need the Holy Ghost in my life. Leah exposes your weakness. She will break your heart. She will break your heart. But sometimes it's the very thing that drives you to your knees and draws you closer to God than Rachel will have ever brought you. Satan meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And much people might be saved. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. 
But Leah will make you pray. She'll make you pray. It's the very thing you hate. And you would never do it on your own. You would never go there on your own. You would never marry it on your own. God has got to find a way to trick you, to get it into your life, to anchor you and stabilize you and test you and try you to see, are you going to divorce Leah? Are you going to drop her off in the woods? Are you going to separate from her? Or are you going to endure Leah? Will you endure Leah? Even though it's the thing that you hate, enduring the thing. You know, anybody can, Rachel's easy to love. She's easy to love and everything is going great, you know, and life is good. Church is doing good. Family's doing good. Kids all living for God, serving the Lord. Everybody's doing great, you know, shouting, worshiping, good spirits, y'all. Yeah, Rachel's easy to love. You worked seven years for her. You wouldn't walk across the street for Leah, though. And Leah will give you more children than Rachel ever thought about. <laughs> In fact, she'll give you Levi. She'll give you a priesthood that'll be intercessors. She'll give you those that'll go in before the throne of grace. She'll give you those that'll light the candlesticks of light. She'll give you those that'll leave the showbread. She'll give you those that'll send you to the altar. How do you offer up a sacrifice in your behalf? She'll give you those that go to the altar of incense and will lift their hands and praise and glorify God. She'll be the one that'll enter in within the veil. Hallelujah. Sprinkle the blood upon the mercy seat. You need Leah to give you Levi. Because you can't have Levi without disgust and hatred. And the very things you hate give you the tribe that intercedes and stands in the gap for your soul. Not only that, but the, th- the woman that he hated gave him Judah. <laughs> Put praise in his heart. <laughs> Caused him to lift his hands because he sent him to his knees. And if you stay on your knees a little while, some people go to the knees to pray. No, you're just complaining on your knees. That ain't praying, it's complaining on your knees. You, you, you get out, you, you know, Leah will drive you to your knees. She'll make you pray. She will because she'll put things in your life that you hate. And so you got to go to your knees and pray. But it's not long after prayer that she'll give birth to Judah. And you'll begin to raise your hands and praise God for everything he's done and glorify God. Hallelujah. She'll mag- you'll magnify the Lord. Your hands will be sufficient for you because out of the womb of the thing you hate gives birth to praise and glory and honor. Oh, come, let us adore him. Sing the songs of Zion. It'll bring you to church. It'll cause you to testify. It'll cause you to be faithful to God because it'll drive you to the altar. And Levi will intercede for you and Judah will praise because you stayed married to the thing you hated. Don't bail out. Don't you dare give up. Don't you dare walk away. Don't you dare divorce Leah. You hold on to her. She'll give you intercession. She'll give you Levi. He'll come into the throne of grace and bear the burden. He'll bear all of the sacrifice and offer it up in your behalf. And not only that, but she gave him, she gave him Judah, which came a lion from the tribe of Judah. See, he didn't know locked up in that ugly, hateful, disgusting thing. Locked up in her was the seed of the Messiah. <laughs> Could you believe that the Savior of the world is locked up in something that a man hated? He hated it. And God had to trick him to get him to marry it. 
Because nobody will marry Leah. And yet she's got the Messiah inside of her. Lion from the tribe of Judah. She's got worship in her. She's got praise in her. She's got intercession in her. But because she doesn't look good on the outside, nobody will walk down the aisle with her. And God has to trick a man to get him to marry the seed of the Messiah. The very thing that I hated, the very thing that disgusted me, the very thing that wore me down, the thing that nagged me night and day, the thing that brought the tears from my eyes, that made them my meatball day and night, the thing that so wore me out, the thing that I couldn't stand to look at, the thing that I despised, ended up being the very thing that I needed in my life to bring me close to God. Because beauty won't do much for you. Beauty won't do much for you. But Leah's got something locked up inside of her. And if you can just stay with her a little while, She's going to bear some things in your life that you absolutely must have. The purpose of God cannot be disannulled. You can fall in love with Rachel all you want, but in the morning, it's better for you to have Leah because she's got stuff inside of her that's going to come out and it's going to revolutionize your life. It's going to change your position. Hallelujah. It's going to change everything about you. If you can just believe that you can embrace Leah. If you can, I know, I know Jacob got so disgusted. He said, listen, he woke up and it must have been a Kodak moment. When he pulled the covers back. And there's them tangerine and chartreuse tennis shoes at the end of his bed there. And he pulled them covers back. I wish you'd had a helmet cam on. It showed that picture right then when he first looked at that Leah laying there. I don't know what went through his mind. He probably screaming, running out of the room, you know. Run right to Laman. My Lord, what have you done to me? I have got the wrong woman. He said, well, it works seven more years. I'll give you the right one. So he worked 14 years to get Rachel because that's how important she was to him. The truth being told, Rachel was pretty self-consumed. And it was Leah that really and truly loved him. She did. She really, truly loved him. Rachel's pretty well stuck on herself, you know. Pretty well stuck on herself because of her beauty. But Rachel really did love him. Jacob's getting ready to die. Stand with me. Jacob is getting ready to die. Play some music for me. I don't care what it is. Play me some strings or something, brother. Play me some strings. I want you to listen to this. This is so profound to me. It don't take much to profound me, but this is so profound. Jacob's getting ready to die. You remember when Rachel died? It was not too far from Bethlehem, Euphrata. She's getting ready to give birth to Benjamin. She died giving birth to him. She's called his name Benoni because he's the son of my sorrow. She's so self-centered. I'm going to name him his mother's heartache. I'm going to name him he killed his mama in death. Jacob said, that ain't going to happen. He ain't going to let my son live with that. 
He changed his name from son of my sorrow to Benjamin, son of my right hand. Because you ain't been named until your daddy names you. Your kinfolk may call you this, may call you a loser, call you a favor, no matter what, what your mama called you. You ain't really been named until your daddy says what you are. Mama says you're a loser. Daddy said, no, he's not. He's the son of my right hand. She called him Benjamin. The Bible said he buried Rachel there. Just piled a few rocks up for a memorial. Went on their way. Don't say anything about mourning, 30 days, crying, bawling, nodding around, nothing. Just buried her. Went on his way. Buried beauty just a little outside of Bethlehem. Jacob's getting ready to die himself, and he charged them and said to them, I'm gathered my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave that's in the field of Ephron the Hittite. In the cave that is the field of Machpelah, which is before Mamre in the land of Canaan, which Abraham brought from the field of Ephron the Hittite for a possession of burying place. And they buried Abraham and Sarah, his wife. There they buried Isaac and Rebekah, his wife. And he said, and there I buried Leah. Bury me with Leah. Bury me by the side of the thing I hated. Bury me with the thing I despised all of my life. Bury me with my heartache. Bury me with my trouble. Bury me with my tears. Because Leah has given me more than Rachel ever dreamed of giving. So at the end of Jacob's life, all of his, all of his natural life, he had hated Leah. But he stayed with her. And in the end, he said, boys, don't take me back to Rachel. Don't bury me with Rachel. Don't bury me with beauty. Don't bury me with what I worked 14 years for. Bury me with tender-eyed Leah because she's given me more than Rachel ever gave me. Bury me with Leah. A little poem. It says, I walked a mile with laughter. Kind of like Rachel. She chattered all the way. Talked every breath. But I was none the wiser for all she had to say. You don't learn much from laughter. It's not a great educator. It's kind of fun at the moment, but you don't go home and think about how much you learn from laughing. Walked a mile with laughter. She chattered all the way, but I was none the wiser for all she had to say. Then I walked a mile with sorrow. And ne'er a word spake she. But oh, the things I learned from her when sorrow walked with me. You don't learn much from Rachel. All your education will come from Leah. She will be the teacher in your life. And if you will stay with her and don't give up on her, even though you hate it sometimes, don't give up on her because she's going to give you an intercessor. She's going to make you pray. She'll make you cry, but she'll make you pray. She'll connect you with God in ways you could never be connected before. And in the end, it's all said and done. You, like Jacob, will say, bury me with Leah. Bury me with my heartache, for she's given me more 
than all the rest of the world. Would you lift your hands with me tonight? And I know life has not been fair. It's cruel. It's tough. Pastoring a church, laboring in the vineyard for the Lord, being a Sunday school teacher, youth director. It's tough. I understand. I understand you, but you'll get some scars. Folks will talk about you no matter what you do. Do good, do bad. Jesus, John the Baptist came neither neither eating or drinking. They said he's got a devil. Jesus came both eating and drinking. They condemned him, you know. They, it doesn't make a difference. It make a difference what you, what you do. Somebody's going to condemn it. And, and you're going to have hurt. And you're going to have family problems and struggles and strifes. Things are not going to work out. Sometimes you'll go to bed with Rachel and in the morning it's Leah. Go to bed with beauty and wake up with a beast. Go to bed laughing and wake up crying. Yeah, it happens. It happens. You're not alone. It's not unique. It's part and parcel of living for God. He just knows sometimes we need a Leah in our lives because it gives birth to the Levi's and it gives birth to Judah and to praise and to worship so if you'll just endure you'll just endure keep your head up don't you slouch you don't have to cower to anybody you don't have to live in regret don't get bitter whatever you do because if you get bitter you may drop Lee off the side of town don't do that don't do that you stay with her She'll produce something in your life that Rachel could have never produced. She'll give you worship. And she'll give you a priesthood that will intercede in your behalf. When life comes to a close, you will say like Jacob, don't bury me with Rachel. I don't want to be buried with beauty. But lay my bones next to the bone. The thing all my life I hated, but it actually produced more for me than beauty could have ever produced. If you have simply in your life, you know what I'm talking about. Some people won't. You can go eat. But if you have any idea what I'm talking about tonight, and I understand that everybody does. I understand you're still working for Rachel. Rachel's still the print in your mind. And I'm going to give you that. It's fine. But if you have any idea about what I'm talking about today, I'm going to ask you to step out of your seat and come down this altar. I'm ask you to step out. If you have any idea what I'm talking about, you, you understand the concept of, 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 of thinking you're getting something only to find out you've got 180 degrees from what you thought you were going to get. That you started in one direction only to find out you, you, you got something the opposite of what you want. You thought you were going to find the joy of the Lord and you found heartache. You thought you were going to get peace and you found tribulation. thought you were going to get some sort of beautiful thing and you ended up with something that by and large was kind of ugly. It was kind of ugly. I just wanted to tell you, don't give up on Leah. Just, I know she's not pretty. I know she doesn't have all the assets and the beauty. I know she doesn't have much. She doesn't have much to offer you as far as outwardness. I understand that. She's not something that anyone would deliberately, intentionally walk down the road 
and walk down the aisle with. I understand that. But somehow you just woke up with her. It was just there. It's not your intent. It wasn't by design on your part. It's nothing that you did. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel bad about it. It's not your fault. It's not anything that you did. It's just that God wanted to produce something in your life to produce a Levitical priesthood and to produce a lion from the tribe of Judah. And it's going to come through something that might hurt you and it might wound you. But if you stay with it, you'll one day be buried with her and the joy and the peace and the contentment that God is going to give your life because you endured. You endured Leah in your life. You endured her in your life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Some pastors that have come down here. Maybe you haven't had Aaliyah yet. Maybe she hasn't been born. Maybe you haven't had her in your life yet. But it's a struggle, buddy, when you think your marriage is a Rachel. You think marriage is Rachel. You think your wife loves you. You think your family loves you. You think everything's going good in your life. You think your kids love you. Listen to me, folks. Your kids can pack their bags and walk away. They may not stay. I can't promise you they'll stay. You may cry your eyes. That don't change anything, though. Tell you this, you got folks in your church that you love and pour yourself into them. There's no guarantee they'll stay. I mean, it may be beautiful right now, boy, but Leah may be waiting in the wings somewhere. You better learn how to live with Leah. If you can learn how to live with her, she'll produce something in your life. She'll produce something. If you drop her off, and don't you dare give up on her. Don't you dare give up on that thing in your life that's hurting you and abrasive to you and nags you and and nips at your heels and wears you out. That thing that is disgusting in your life. If you will somehow embrace that, if somehow you will say, God, I'm going to embrace this thing that you've given to me and let it bring forth some fruit in your life, it will magnify and glorify you in the end and you're going to find yourself in a great place of revelation with God. It's going to prove to be the candle lighter and the incense burner and the altar of sacrificer and the labor of washing. It's going to prove to be the intercessor within the veil for you. You can just embrace her. Lift your hands with me right now. Lift your hands with me right now. In Jesus' name, husbands and wives, don't you dare give up. Don't you dare cash in. Don't you dare say there's no way. It's not your fault. It's nothing you have done. Hallelujah, this is by design that God is going to draw you closer to him than you have ever been before in your life. And Leah's going to bear some fruit that you could have not.